Shout out to the fan. Appreciate y'all being with us in this, in this episode of the coma. Like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the sports coma with BQ and the guys. We have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fan. All right. Anyway, shout out to y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all being here. Tuck said that's my uh crooks of the game. We gotta get to Stafford. He's been our strength. He's been hasn't been our strength, but it's what's required. Indeed. What's up, Ramsey? Shout out to you. Good to see you. Pete says, Q, for some reason, I think they can do it. Hey, bro, I'm with you. Hopefully they can, man. Listen, I'm just confused about which team we're going to get. Brian says, Q, what is your doubt? Uh, what is your doubt on the Saints best? He, uh, he says best the Rams tomorrow. My doubts is what kind of offense will we get? What's up, Jono? How you doing, man? I don't I don't know, Brian. I, I mean, what I'm I just my doubt is I don't know which offensive unit shows up, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, man, it's just, it's the Saints three and out in it, bro. That's, that's, that, that's the kicker. I, if I have to quantify it and say it, bro, it's the Saints three and out in it, man. You can't three and out in it with this team. And then, because I believe that our defense is good enough to play with the Rams offense. I really do. But the issue is if the Saints are three and out in it and they're giving the, the opportunities to the Rams against the, the Saints defense, and you keep giving Matt Stafford and that unit more opportunities, Cooper Cup on that man. That's not going to be. That's not going to be a good look right there. All right, Seahawks winning over the Eagles kind of hurt our wild card chances because they schedule easy the rest of the way. So tomorrow is a big one indeed, bro. Shout out to you, bro. All right, uh, five hundred four Doc says nah, Q, What ref? Do you- <laughs> yeah, the ref. What ref? All right, see, I, I don't, man. Listen, all I can tell you, man, is. I'm real, bro. I'm real. That's all I could tell you because, yeah, the ref, what ref team is going to show up? I don't know, bro. What's up, Chantel? How you doing? She said, Q, even if the Saints win against the Rams, don't the Bucs lead so the Bucs will have to lose? We have a, a we have a, a, a the, after the Rams matchup, we have a direct matchup with the Bucs. We go up there. So we got a, a, a away game, Rams, then we go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We got an extended week. 
we take these people on. So we'll have an opportunity to kind of hammer that out. But indeed, uh, they have a matchup against the, who is it? The Jacksonville Jaguars. I want to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got the next matchup for this week coming. They got the, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars who are not going to have Trevor Lawrence in the game. So that's a very winnable game for them. So like I said, uh, all we can do is win them all. We got three games left to just not make it confused. Let's just win them all. And wherever the chips fall, let the chips fall where they may. Let's just win all of the rest of these games. But losing games, it will not help us here. You know, what's up, T-Dirty? Shout out to you, bro. Greg says, Q, Pete needs to simplify the offense just like he did with the Giants game. Carr can thrive in a game plan design like that. Yeah, but see, the thing is, bro, too, and you're right, bro. I can't dispute that, Greg. You're right, you're right, bro. The only thing I have to say about that, bro, is this. Is no, it's, man. Listen, it's the Derek Carr factor to me. Now, Carr played well in the Panthers game. He did well. Yes, uh, the game against the Giants on Sunday, he did well. But fam, you know those two games is not enough for me. He has not done enough for me to have the Carr confidence. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm still, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I just, I, I, I'm not buying the car facts right now. I need to see more consistency from car. I need to see car attacking downfield more. I need to see less checking down of the ball. I need to see him spanning the field from left to right and not just gawking at one side of the field while guys are running on the opposite side of the field with their hands up. I need to see him span the field and make the throws. That is the difference between the Saints being mediocre and the Saints becoming a team that can challenge the top three teams in the NFC. That's the difference. He has to be able to be a better quarterback. He has to be able to span and see the entire field and not just half the field and quickly checking the damn ball down. You know, that's what it comes down to. And even though I got respect what Carr did in the last game, I need to see more of these type of games, especially in crunch time. Is he making a lot of money as a quarterback? We need to see more consistent play from Carr this three games going into a potential playoff. We need to see more consistency from him. We need to see more consistency from the offensive line. They need to block better, especially with the running attack. You know, so like I said, man, it's, 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 that's a part of it to me. You know, so that's my reservations. I need to see more consistency from the Saints offense and particularly Derek Carr. I really do. It's a big difference. If he starts doing this other stuff, everything opens up because that's the frustration. A lot of times he wasn't comfortable for most of the season standing back there trying to make these damn throws, staring down and gawking down people from it's just it's just it's just unappealing, man. All right. Yeah, <laughs> play that. Show me that show. You. There you go. Exactly, bro. And I can't say Glenn said it better than anybody, man. And, and I need to see more. I need to see more from the Saints offense, man. They got going in the second half to put the Giants away. One touchdown in the first half, they really were struggling. They, they, they got that one. And then all these drives when they just were not impactful was three and outs. And it was just like, damn, man, we need to get something going. And then the first half, those numbers were awful. 
in that. And then things changed in the second half when he would start moving it on. But it's all on the shoulders of Derek Carr making 30 plus million dollars a season. He has to be able to find these damn people and, and put the ball on them, bro. That's what it comes down to. It's as simple as that. He has to elevate and bring his game to another level. And Derek Carr has played all of these games. I, I think it's, he played every game this year, didn't he? I know he got knocked out of a couple of games, but Derek Carr has played all of these games this year. He's played in every game this year. He had. He, I don't think he's missed any game. He didn't miss any games this year, did he? Let me put his numbers up here. Hold on. He hadn't missed any games this year. 14 games. Yeah, he's played in all of these games. He got knocked out a couple of them, but he's played in all of these damn games. And he needs to He needs to step up and finish out strong, man. He really does, bro. We need him. Look at the QBR at 49.9. Yeah, Derek Carr has to step up, man. You need, with all this stuff, he's been here long enough to take it to the next level. We need to see him really get to the next level then you'll see us move to the next level. It's all on our quarterback, man, and offensive line standing up there protecting him. For real, you know? All right, yeah, I know I know. Tuck says concussed, broken ribs, still comes to work. He does. But, you know, but like we said, if you're going to stand up there and they're going to put him in, remember Dennis Allen said that uh, he did none of those issues that he had impacted what he was doing on the field. That's what Dennis Allen said. So I'm going to rock with that. I'm going to rock with what Dennis Allen said that none of the stuff that none of the injuries that occurred with Carr um, hurt his production or whatever on the field. Cool. If that's the case, hey, man, when everything starts working and everything works well, he get his comeuppance. And at the end of the day, if it don't work well and he's out there throwing this, don't tell me about where you know he was concussed and he had some issues with his ribs. You know, it, I'm going to bring it right back to that point. Because I got that video, we got that, I played that, and I'm like, you heard what he said. None of that impacted his play. He still, none of that had an issue on his play. So if that's the case, when the season ends, I'm going to be telling them the same thing. So, like I said, we got to, that's, that's what I need to see. I need to see more from the Saints quarterback, and I damn sure need to see more from the offensive line. Greg says, Q, it looks like DA listened to your training camp preview by saying, put pass your, yes! Thank you for having a memory, brother Greg, man. I was, we said that, bro. And what did passing yo do when they moved them inside? Only collected two and a half sacks. <laughs> Good grief. Damn, this is not hard. Bro, listen, I was saying that. I was like, listen, passing yo at this stage of his career should be an interior guy. He's six foot seven, 300 pounds. He moves very well. And he's a six foot seven, 300 guy, but he's not a sloppy plotting six foot seven. He's a, he ain't slender, but he's a big mammoth player that if you put him inside, dude, he batting down all kind of stuff. He He's a difficult cover for guys. They move passing your inside and all he got was two and a half sacks. And I was like, damn, well, what the hell? What did it take? And like I said, man, is not it don't take a rocket science the scientists to figure this out like i was saying about ramcheck ramcheck is playing on the wrong side of the line he shouldn't be a right tackle making that kind of money i wouldn't dare pay a right tackle that kind of money man and i got a right-handed quarterback you know <laughs> well if you put him over that q you're going to have to pay him premium money you got to play premium money anyway the one thing you should want to play pay for is a play a premium on is a guy protecting the blind side of your 30 plus million dollar 150 plus million dollar quarterback 30 plus million annually 
that's one place you don't want to chip on some on oh, well, I ain't gonna it's a few more pennies I gotta pay them. No, you you gonna if you're gonna pay a premium, play it, pay it for the guy protecting the blind side of your 30 million uh, annually quarterback, 150 plus million dollar contract overall QB. That's what you should and everybody in the building would agree upon that. That's because that's football traditional thinking. Nothing, nothing to have said, but thank you, brother, for putting that out there, bro. We've been, we, you go back, bro, and listen to it. A lot of stuff that we was talking about, like the, you know, the Zach Bowen situation, the, the Andrews Pete, I mean, not the Andrews, the, the, um, the Tanu Passanio, and there was other, several other things that were going on, man, that we talked about, but in the end, it is what it is, you know. Doc says, I said it before he got here, Big Q, he missed four games throughout his entire career. You got, to kill him not yeah 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 and yeah and that's the thing if he's too hurt i was against him playing in 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 that other matchup when i found out he got those concussions but like i said man i didn't been i've been doing this for for a long time and i'm gonna tell you something one thing i know about the saints is that they lie on these injury reports they lie all the time when we we were talking about this season when Carr got hurt in that green bay game we were saying the next week when it was showing like the way he was going down like oh oh and then you seeing them in the next matchups, you start seeing stuff. You were seeing, and I was like, man, something wrong with the dude's ribs. There's something going on there. And we were talking about it then, man. It's not hard to tell. We were talking about it then. They had the guy flew by him and slapped him on his on his uh rib area. Just and I thought he punched him the way he reacted and bold and folded under like he was in the in, you know, like somebody like Apollo Creed came in there and just punched him in the stomach. The guy flew by and just tried to make a play and merely tapped him. And he bent over in pain. I was like, this dude got busted ribs or bruised ribs, something going on with his ribs. And then what happened a couple of weeks ago? He admits to having not one, not two, but three broken ribs. Broken ribs. Three broken. We've been saying that, man. And I was like, man, see, and then they asked Dennis about it. And what Dennis said, I didn't know when it happened. I didn't know. So Dennis Allen didn't know that Carr had busted ribs, even though he got the report from the hospital when they took Derek Carr to the hospital after the Green Bay game so he can get his his, uh, chest and his body x-rayed because according to what they said, they were looking for internal damage and they didn't see any more internal damage. If it was just an arm or a shoulder, what you doing that with his rib area for? They knew then, but Dennis Allen comes out and says, I don't know when it happened. I didn't, I don't know anything about it. He's saying that because that's a fine from the NFL. But the but the thing is, we be on point with our stuff, man. We always are. We do that. Now we make a few mistakes here. There. I mispronounce a name or two. Yeah, granted. Yeah, I do it. I'm human. But at the end of the day, man, we know this Saints stuff, bro. It's what we do. Just of the court says this setup for a complete Rams blowout of the Saints. They ain't Atlanta. They ain't Carolina. They ain't the Giants bubble about to burst like a supernova well listen bro you're not saying anything that i can disagree with both of these teams uh the saints right now it's it's just you know the last two games they win uh, it's just a lot man the rams are serious offense they, they're serious offensive you know they're serious offensive team anytime matthew stafford has all these you know you got puka you got freaking cooper you got two two there and then you got the running back Williams, uh, uh, 
Kyron running around there. And then you got, you know, they got a decent offensive line to stand up and protect them. They got a decent tight end. And we know the tight ends hurt the Saints. We know about uh, the tight end from the, the Minnesota Vikings. He took the Saints apart. We know about the other tight end. What, what's his name? Um, was I was about to say LaFonta. It wasn't LaFonta. It was whatever the dude is. The other tight end, he was catching the play and make, making stuff happen. So it's just, I got confidence in the defense, but I just don't know what kind of, if, what Derek Carr and the offense is going to do is what I'm saying. We we can't have turnovers. We can't have three and out, and we gonna have a few three and out, and it's just what they do. But we need to be we need to be on some serious stuff against the Rams because every last one of these games count. And we know the Saints ain't got a lot of practice in. And I like I was saying before, it's like when these short weeks come around, the Saints have to. They're going to take a lot from what they did in the previous game and add it into this game they can't make a lot of changes because they don't have the time to make like, you know, the type of change that you want. So they got to rely on stuff that they used in the, in, in the Giants matchup against the Rams. So like I said, running game and defense always helps on short games like this or when you go to somebody else's building. So like I said, man, I, bubble bursting, man, right now we've, we've had such an up and down season because we lose the teams that don't even have their players or teams that's not even, even though Green Bay played well, we should have beat Green Bay. We're, we were up by 17 with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter and let them score 18 points to kick you on the body, to run you up out of there. That was stupid. The Minnesota game, they didn't even have the starting quarterback and the best wide receiver, and you lost to them. The Tampa Bay game, I can't even explain that. And the Atlanta game was ridiculous. So, I mean, in the end, they losing these games, man, and there is no more room for error. You don't lost enough. You got to win out. Paul says, Q, why the Saints can't get the tight ends going in the passing game and run game for sure? A three tight end in the running game will help when it's going slow and getting short gains in the game, shaking my head. Yeah, in, in the, the the tight end group, we talked about this on the last stream. We talked about this during T, TSC Q&A Live. We talked about the fact that the only group right now that's not hurting or not beat down with injuries is the tight end group. All of the tight ends are healthy. Taysom Hill, Jawan Johnson, Foster Moreau, and Jimmy Graham. All of those guys are healthy. And they were able to get majority of them going in the matchup against the Giants. But can they manufacture, clone that, and bring it into the, to the Rams contest? Can they do that? That's the issue. So, I mean, like I said, when the offense starts to stammer and stink, what do the Saints do with the ball? Do they kick into the two-minute offense? We talked about that. They made mention of the fact that they wanted to do that. Can they keep that going? That's a whole other thing altogether. All right, so big ups to Eric. Good up, to, good to see you, Ramsey. He said, we bet if we win against the Rams, they flex our game. <laughs> yes. And then tomorrow, the, the, the Pels play, too, uh, tomorrow against the Cavaliers. So they travel after that terrible loss, man to the stinking Grizzlies, man. John Morant's first game back. These people sit up there and let this dude beat them. Now they go to Cleveland tomorrow. The Saints play the Rams in uh, Los Angeles, the Pels up in Cleveland for, for a matchup against them. So we'll see. I right, just says in 24 hours, Q, once again, we'll be calling for Dennis Allen's head <laughs> and impersonating extremely well, mind you. Mickey Loomis, like, yes, star, but hold on, not Jester of the court. Let me tell you something. Hold on. And I say, I ain't hold on now. See, you messed up right there. I can't let you mess with that, big boy. Now, let me tell you something. Starbucks, I wouldn't be caught dead in Starbucks. Let me tell you. I make my own coffee. And I, I actually go out and stump on the beans myself. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I got a hammer. 
you know, I bought it off a line. I bought it off the uh, the internet, and it's shaped like Thor's hammer. Yeah, I'm a Marvel comic guy. You know, I met uh, Stan Lee one time. And you know, he said, "Hey, I, 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 you know, hey, how you doing?" I say, "Hey, man, I like that. I like Spider Man. Yeah, and I like Thor." So he gave me a hammer, and I, I, I use it to make coffee. Don't ask me why. It's just I'm just weird like that. You know. All right, thank you. All right, so <laughs> Mickey Loomis, he wouldn't dare. Hey, hey, uh, you know, I had I asked the people. I asked them. I said, "Hey, uh, what's Mickey's favorite? Um, <laughs> what's Mickey Loomis?" Favorite uh, rock group. <laughs> uh, and I just, it just, I just, I don't know. When I was talking, I said, we know people actually my favorite. Mickey gave his favorite. Now, and listen, I don't know if this is Mickey's favorite rock group or not, but this is just what came out when I was pretending to be Mickey. I said, the Eagles, you know, <laughs> I said, the Eagles. I thought to myself, I said, I can see that. I can see Mickey rocking out to the Eagles. I can see that. All right. So anyway, all right. Shout out to the fam. Appreciate y'all, man. Much love, man. Uh, Paul says, Q, do you agree that Penny and Landon Young are playing the way, playing their way to, to being busy and Nola before it's said and done to being busy? What you mean by being busy, Uncle Paulie? I don't, um, I don't know what's going, the Trevor Penning thing is not, I don't like how they handling the Penning thing. I think it was a bad uh, move, just like how they handled the Zach Bond thing. You got to, and they say this all the time, but I don't know if they just, it's like suspended thought. I, I don't know what's going on, but you're supposed to put your players in the best opportunity to win. The Zach Bourne, the whole Zach Bourne thing was a, was a complete failure up until this end. Now, Zach Bourne, and it was totally handled wrong, right? At the end of the day, like, and I say this before because we had Eric Wilson, who was a really good linebacker for us. When Eric Wilson was playing for the Saints a couple of years ago, we picked that man up out of Green Bay, brought him here. He played next to Demario Davis and was excellent. It almost like he made us forget about uh, Quan. He made us forget about Quan Alexander. That's how good Eric Wilson was. And he balled out in the preseason. He was the dude. And then when the, the active time came, you know what they did? They put him on the practice squad and made Zach Bond a member of the active roster. Why? Why is that dude? Why is he did that? And then ultimately, you know what happened? They somebody else, the Minnesota Vikings, pulled uh Eric Wilson off the practice squad and he's still on their team right now. What happened the following year? Last year, this year, Jalen Smith, the former cowboy giant linebacker, was balling in preseason and in practice, totally unseated Zach Bond. What did the Saints do when the season started? They put Jalen Smith on the practice squad and kept Zach Bond on the active roster, even though he didn't deserve it. What happened to Smith? He got pilfered off of the practice squad. Then we come to this year, and you see uh, 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 you see Zach Bond out there doing the best he could do to play. You know what happens to him? He gets unseated by Nephi Sewell. Nephi unseats Zach Bond. An undrafted linebacker unseats the third round draft draft linebacker. The Saints moved up to get. He unseats him. You know what the Saints do? Let's just turn him into a situational sub package uh, pass rusher. Oh damn! Wasn't that what he was supposed to be when they picked him up? Wasn't that why you drafted him out of Wisconsin? He was never a stand up linebacker type. You're like, well, Q, we got to try. 
Did you got to try almost four years before you fail? Before you take advantage of his pay? They could have been done this. And see, what I'm saying is this type of stuff happens when you with the Saints with some of these players that they hold on when they're not supposed to. You violating because Zach Bond never was supposed to beat out Eric Wilson or Jalen Smith. He never was supposed to. And they unjustifiably kept him there even then he even when he didn't deserve the spot. You can't do that, man. That's when people you call you create fractures in your thinking. And that's when people are like, what kind of dumbness is this? It was like Traquan Smith. Tra- Why is Traquan Smith was being held on the team? It was just ridiculous. He's not being, he's not producing anything. You have people like Shaq Davis and all these guys outperforming them, and he's still sticking into the active roster. What what is what madness is this? But at the same that's that's what I'm saying. Foolish, stupid, back ass thinking like that always handicaps your team. So you always supposed to put the guys in the best position to win. And they don't do that all the time. Now I'm not saying they're supposed to be perfect, but it's obvious, you know, and people, even if you don't know, we spotlight and you're like, Hey dude, why is this dude on the team? Why is he still here? And why isn't this other man getting more reps? Obviously this guy here can't play. He's topped out of his development. Let's go to somebody else. But they, a lot of times I really do believe they do that just to spite you. Like, man, they telling us about him to hell with them. I'm going to keep them there anyway. And see, guys like that, I don't, I don't even want, want them in there. Because it don't matter who's saying it. If, if it's right, I'm rocking with you. It don't matter who's saying it. If, the, if you're right, I'm going to rock with you. I don't care who's saying it, bro. For real. I'm not going to keep doing something wrong. And even, even though you, and it, because you said it, I'm not going to do it. Because I don't want to prove you right. And then you end up proving us right anyway. Eventually, the guy got to get out of here anyway. So, you know, and then people start. And that's just what we do, man. You know, he's like, why is this guy here? What is he doing? And so that's the whole Zach Bond thing was I'm glad to see them finally using Zach Bond. I really am, man. We finally getting that. All right. So anyway, yeah. And Paul, you right, man. You calling it, man. The whole thing. And I talked about that, bro. The uh, it's just like we need to get better here. Offensively speaking, like I'm happy for the wins. OK, I'm happy. But for us to get to the next level, like to get into the playoffs and not only get into the playoffs, but win a game against a playoff team, we got to do a lot of the stuff that we're doing now better. I mean, a lot better. I mean, the, the, we, we have to operate the offense a lot better. Carr has to make better decisions. He has to be able to oversee the field and make the correct throws. He has to be better with his accuracy. The offensive line for the Saints have to perform better in blocking for Elvin Kamara or Jamal Williams. The Saints offensive brain trust, if you won't call them that, have to call better plays. They have to be able to use the fullback sometimes. With a major- I would like to see the fullback a lot more in front of Elvin Kamara. I really would. I want to see more two tight end situations with the fullback there that blocks for Kamara where the fullback can bust open the hole and perhaps take a linebacker out so Kamara can follow him up there to the second and ultimately in the third level of the defense. I would love to see that as opposed to run Elvin naked into the teeth of linebackers because the Saints offensive linemen are not shedding blockers or shedding guys that they're blocking to get to the next level to take out the linebacker so Kamara can get behind them to get to the second and third level. I know it sounds complicated, but when you look at the tape, it's it's dead on what I'm saying. If you pulling, if you got a guy pulling from the right to the left, that guy got to get around there and he has to be able to get that linebacker because most of the time it's four guys, four defensive linemen against five offensive linemen. Somebody has to leak out 
one of them five offensive linemen has to leak out and go and take out that linebacker to free Kamara so he can get there. A lot of times you see the linebacker meeting Kamara in the hole. He got to put a meet, put a, a little move on him to get around him. You know, you can see he'd be visibly frustrated at times too. I would be too, man. I would be too. I'll be really frustrated. I've been watching that tape. I watch all that tape, man. It don't, it don't be looking good. All right. What's up? What's up, Kay? How you doing? She says, I miss Trey Quimble. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, and and I got you. What's up, Arvin? Said Mickey Lewin knows he can build a winning team, so he lucked into – I ain't going to say he lucked into Breeze, bro, and Peyton. I ain't going to say that was a luck. Because yeah, it, it was some planning that happened because they put together – they had a good plan then. But but, but Mickey Loomis, let's give Mickey the credit that he deserves and not give him stuff that he don't deserve. Let's be fair. Because when you see how he – Sean Payton was the guy that says, I'm going to put this here, I'm going to put that there, I'm going to do this. And Coach Payton operated with an alpha dog mentality. He really did. He was an alpha dog. He got guys, and you get listen to Cam and all the rest of them saying when Peyton was in the building, they, they was like they were walking on eggshells. Well, sometimes you need that because Coach Payton understands for a team to really be great and good, they have to be disciplined. They have to be accountability in the building where if players miss tackles, fumble the ball, drop the ball, throw interceptions, they could lose their job. They can be set down. They can lose reps. So that kind of forces uh, the players to step up and be on some game. Like when, remember the time when Peyton was operating and Mark Ingram kept fumbling the ball and then they turned around and put Hightower in there. Remember that? What did Ingram do? He got upset and became better and was running tough. Now, later on, he still fumbled the damn ball, but at least it showed you that he was serious enough to go and get his job back from Tim Hightower. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.